The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In Psalm 30, you will hear a familiar couplet. Listen carefully. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What a promise. This is Bert Harper along with Dr. Alex McFarland, and it's our joy to be with you today. And as we go through Psalm 30, I believe you will hear some very familiar scriptures. And uh, so we want you to join us today. We pray that you would be blessed. And Alex, again, Psalm 30 uh, is definitely a Psalm of David, you know, and uh, he is writing, seems like after being delivered from some big catastrophic uh, event, uh, I didn't get that outright, a big difficult event. I better say that. Devin's laughing at me trying to say that big uh, word, catastrophic event. I finally got it yes. out. But he yeah, writes yeah. that and talks about the Lord being good. Uh, Alex, let me say, I think somebody said God is good, and he's good all the time, isn't he? All the time. Well, we're in Psalm 30, and Bert, I'm so glad that uh, the Lord led you that we would uh, look at this portion of Scripture today. It's just a dozen verses, just 12 short verses, but my goodness, they are packed with truth, with encouragement, with power for living. And, you know, Bert, i got to say this. Uh, verse 1 says, I will extol thee, O Lord. Okay, the, the first six words of this psalm begin with worshiping God. And Bert, um, you know, one of my favorite verses, you and I have discussed it many times, is Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. All right, the psalmist begins with lifting up the name of the Lord. I will extol thee. And to, to extol, you might, you've heard somebody say, well, let me extol the virtues of debt-free living. Or, you know, yeah. to speak good, yeah. to elevate. And, and really the word extol means to lift above. So, Bert, um, the favor of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, uh, just having joy and assurance, doesn't it begin with acknowledgement of who God is and lifting up his name? And before we rush in with our petitions and requests, first of all, to worship and extol his name. Amen, Alex. And notice this: as we lift him up, you have lifted, for you have lifted me up. The Lord has lifted Amen. us up. He's brought us out of that horrible pit, that deep pit, he, out of that miry clay. I mean, He has delivered us. He has gotten us and put our feet on a rock, put a song in our heart. So, Alex, uh, I agree with you. When you come to the Lord, the first thing you need to know. Uh, is recognize who he is, what he has done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. Uh, you know, look what he's done. He's the creator. He's the redeemer. He's already done that for us if we receive that redemption. And he is working in our lives now. He did not leave us as orphans. He sent his spirit to be with us, the paraclete, to come alongside and be in us. And he is waiting for that, the Father to say, as Midnight Christ Song says, son, go get your children. So yes. God's, Alex, there's a lot to to extol and lift him up about, you know? 
Amen. Well, Psalm 30 says, uh, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. Well, we can talk about that, but it says, O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Let's talk about these first three verses. For one, when your foes rejoice over you, it's because there's been a victory, that you've been vanquished, you've been brought down, and your enemies uh, rise up. Bert, uh I read verse 1, and I, I get that God gives us victory. And isn't it good that God, you know, we have peace with God. We can have uh, peace with our circumstances and peace with our past. We can have peace with ourselves. We can have peace with others. And uh, we get victory, and very often God defines victory differently than we might have defined it. You know what I found out, Bert? that um, even when things might not have gone the way I thought they should have, if you're patient, and, and I've had to learn this lesson, I'm just speaking for me, but there comes a time when I realize that God's way was the better way. And, and I thank God that um, he really gives victory. Often our timetable feels different, and what victory looks like is different, but, but he does if we'll trust him and put it in his hands, he really does lift us up. It was obvious, Alex, that David had foes. I mean, it was obvious. But this, oh, big time. this psalm is relevant to us. We have foes. Uh, we have to fight against our own <laughs> desires. You know, when I got saved, uh, I was shocked that the old man stayed with me so strong. Uh, that's the reason. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason Paul would write, I'm crucified with Christ daily. Why? Uh, I, I've got to put that old self down. And so uh, that's difficult. And that's what you was talking about yourself, having peace with yourself. Uh, you've got to defeat yourself in order to have peace. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been praying for Ukraine, and we will today. And uh, people pray that it would come to an end. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I want it to come to an end, but I want it to come to a victorious end, uh, and, and it doesn't look like it's coming that way right now, but it, it the, uh, the, the battle may have won, but, you know, it continues on. We haven't seen the result yet, but let me say, we have foes. You know, Satan is against us. Uh, he's going to lift up others in his brigade that will stand against us. So don't be uh, fearful of knowing that there's going to come those that are against you. Now, you don't know what, go out and look for them. Uh, you remember what it said? Jesus, he grew in favor with God and man. That's true. Jesus That's true. didn't go out there, okay, I'm going to make a foe. I'm going to make an enemy. No, he lived his life doing the will of God, and because of that, some would come against him. And and so, we, Alex, I, I just the reason I wanted to bring that up, we need to expect it. I I think uh, if we're not careful as, as preachers of the gospel, knowing how great it is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, how the Spirit of God dwelling in us, how the Word of God and its promises to become real to us, we will tell people, oh, come to Christ, and it'll be great. Well, it will be great, but does that mean the absence of foes and difficulties? No, they, they just seem to come about naturally, don't they? They do. They do. And, and that's why, you know, don't... 
don't uh, try to make an enemy because you, you'll have enough. If you're living for the Lord and speaking truth and doing right, I mean, you, you'll have, you know, every garden has its weeds. Uh, but you're right. We've got to um, realize the toughest uh, opponent that you'll ever spar with is yourself. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, at it least is. that's Guarantee in my you. case. It is. It is. Every morning I look at him in the mirror and I say, "Okay, I got to have victory over this guy." And uh, well, a lot and of truth in it. Verse two it says, "You know, we cry to the Lord, and He'll heal us and change us and help us. He lifts us up from the grave." Do you know what? If you've become a Christian, you've already been rescued from the realm of death, because you know, prior to Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, and. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about getting lifted up out of the grave. And then it says he, uh, he keeps us alive that we would not go down to the pit. And, Bert, you know, this could mean, um, you know, not just only the grave, but uh, hell yeah. itself. Although the word there uh, translated from grave is sheol. There's a different word for pit. It, it means down, descend into the depths. And I don't want to get too spiritual here, uh, but um, the depths of depression, the depths of hopelessness. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this show and you just feel kind of hopeless for, for whatever reason, no, the, the born-again Christian always has hope. We, I mean, we've got the unlimited, righteous, omnipotent God that we turn to. So we don't go down to the pit of hopelessness or death or destruction. And I want to say this, uh, and Bert, I'm going to throw it back to you, but um, I was just talking to some people with some family issues and praying with some people, and uh, sometimes people, just because circumstances have been, uh, you know, very heartbreaking for a long time, perhaps, um, somebody said, you know, well, things just always turn out badly for us. Don't believe that. Don't believe, maybe you come from decades of dysfunction and disappointment, but I'm going to tell you something. The good Lord has things for you, and our God is the God of right now and coming up soon. And so don't tell yourself that you're a loser. Don't tell yourself that it'll never work out. Don't tell yourself uh, that uh, it, it, this is hopeless, because that, that's believing your circumstances rather than the God who's above the circumstances. Amen, Alex. Notice one thing. Psalm 30 is a personal testimony written in song by David. Notice these words you have in verse 1. In verse 3, or verse 2, you have healed me. In verse 3, you have brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not uh, go down into the pit. You have, you have. This is what God, this is a testimony, and it's not going to just stop. He's going to use that term seven times. The words you have is repeated in these 12 verses that we have. And this is a testimony. This seems like it's a testimony of physical illness, uh, uh, the grave, the pit, healed. Uh, now, when we get later, and we're not jumping down there real quick, uh, it, it seems like that he was also delivered from God's anger. He did something that that made uh, that really angered God, and he he says, "You delivered me from that." So this is a testimony of life. 
uh, that David is living his life. He's had the difficulties that come with living. He has difficulties of some mistakes he has made. But God, and there it is again, but God, and it says, Lord, you have. Let me go it goes over those you haves again. You have lifted me up. You, you have healed me. You have brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive. Now, Alex, uh, we need to, you remember the old hymn, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, believe, I believe David is doing that right now. I think he's counting his blessing. And you're talking about people that feel like everything's against them. Uh, what you want to do, uh, start looking at what could have been sometimes. Um, you know, where where you could have been had God not intervened. And so I, I think people would, if we would do that, Bert Harper, I'm just speaking to Bert. You were talking about, about Alex a moment ago. This is Bert. I, I need to get up every morning and count my blessings one by one. And I want mm. to tell you, you'll be amazed at what God has done. Amen. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Isn't it something that we, we give thanks, not just for what he's done and the blessings, um, and forgive me, for, I know this is kind of, you know, like a cliche. We're not just grateful for the blessings, we're grateful for the blesser. <laughs> and Amen. give thanks upon remembrance of his holiness. I'm thankful for who God is, the holy, eternal all-righteous God. Uh, and so then, in light of this, verse 5, His anger endureth but for a moment. In His favor is life. Boy, that's true. You want life? Then then walk and live in the favor and blessing of, of the Lord. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. And we're going to come back with more joy in our hearts and our lives for what God has done. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Miguel Cardona, United States Secretary of Education. He serves as the principal advisor to the president and federal government on policies, programs, and activities related to education in our country. Proverbs 1-7 reminds us of the importance of education. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Secretary Cardona in his work at the Department of Education. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Great things happen when Christians gather together to pray. But Dr. Tony Evans says when we pray one-on-one, -on -one, just God and us, something deeper and more personal happens. He'll tell us about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Prayer is a partnership. God has entered an agreement with man that we will have a communication relationship with one another. And in this secret inner closet communication relationship that we're going to partner on, I want to hear from you, but watch this. I also want you to hear from me. He says, when it comes 
to talking to me. First of all, if you go in your inner closet and you shut the door so nobody else can hear, now you can be honest. Because see, when you're out in public praying, you ain't, you, you lying. You ain't going to be here. You ain't honest. You saying stuff that's acceptable to everybody else who you know is listening. But if you go in the closet, okay, you're being real with this thing. You're free to now tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're, really the co- you're able to come clean because nobody else is listening because you're in the closet and you shut the door. In other words, I see in secret and the father who sees in secret. But let me tell you the other reason. He wants a private conversation to dominate your development of your prayer relationship to me because he wants to talk too. Learn more principles that can get you connected with God and his power. Check out Tony's CD series, The Lord's Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, so glad you're listening. We really appreciate it. We're in Psalm 30. And by the way, I'm going to give the toll-free number because in just a few minutes, we will open up the telephone lines, and we'd love to hear uh, your Bible question or just, uh, you know, there's a lot on a lot of hearts right now. And so we would love to hear from you today. The toll-free number is 888-589-8840, uh, Bert, before the break, we were talking about giving thanks for God's holiness. His anger endures but for a moment in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, we've all, uh, you don't have to live all that long before you have uh, some sleepless nights. And uh, as uh, family-related issues, ministry, I've been at a few hospitals in the wee hours of the morning, but you know something as tough as some of those long all-nighters are, and you're you're praying while somebody's in surgery, or you're you're waiting to hear some news. But you know what? It's not fun. It's not easy. But the sun always does come up, doesn't it? It does, and what a joy it is. And and he does this, and this is kind of sharing. Notice in verses one, two, and three. It's very personal. Notice the transition in verse 4. Sing praises to the Lord, you saints of his. The personal worship led to cooperative worship with a group. You know, and this psalm, although it's his testimony, he he began sharing it, and, and it becomes others. Uh, this is what it does. God uses us uh and the difficulties we go through, the Bible says God uses you that you might comfort others with the same comfort that you've been comforted with. And here is David uh, participating in that, and he says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name, his holiness. And then, as you said, anger for a moment, favor for life. 
But that those last two lines, Alex, they're poetic. The word picture, as you have just described it, is so real. The night of feverish. It may be illness. It may be waiting on a word to hear from someone. Uh, it may be, you know, whatever it might be. Someone hasn't arrived yet, and we haven't heard from them. Weeping may endure for a night. Notice the word endure. Jesus endured the cross for what? The joy that was set before him. With that in mind, look, look at those two lines, Alex. Weeping may endure for a night, for joy, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus endured the cross so that he could have many children to come unto himself, the joy of others coming in. And, and I looked at that and I said, you know, uh, I don't think I'm spiritualizing too much to make that a little bit about the cross, Alex. Mm, I know, I know. Well, hey, for just a minute, and I know we've got to move on, but I got, I've got to contrast a couple of words in uh, verse 5. Uh, God's anger. You know, you don't hear this preached much, but the Bible does say that God can be angry. Now, let me say this is different than a human being having a tantrum, because oftentimes when anger gets away from us, uh, or, you know, we, we lose our temper. I mean, it might be rash. It might be for no good purpose. Now, when it talks about the wrath of God, the anger of God, or sometimes maybe you've heard the phrase righteous indignation, uh, God's anger is justified. And really, you know, because sin brings death, sin separates us from God, um, God's anger and Bert, as a human being, I don't, I don't know that we can completely understand this, but let me just say this. Um, I've, I've had people say, you know, it's not right to say that God would ever be angry, but the Bible clearly says, you know, against sin, against disobedience, against uh, all things that would destroy our body and soul, God, God can be angry. Here's the thing, though. In this word, it says, God's anger endures but for a moment. His favor is life. It's interesting. The word for anger is the word for <laughs> flared nostrils. Fascinating. The word favor is, is a word related to the face, like a pleased look. Right. Now, isn't it good that God can, can look over your life and derive pleasure in that? Why? Not because we earned it, but in Jesus and our life is submitted to Christ. And uh, it's interesting, uh, if God is to, to evaluate you, you, you don't want the look of disappointment or flared nostrils, you want the look of, of Him being pleased. And we often say, you know, God bless me, but we might say, God make me blessable. Thank See, God man. wants to bless you. Amen. He, he wants to bless us. Um, now, one of the only times, maybe the—I've got to look at my lexicon again— this might be the only time you see the word prosperity in the Bible. Verse 6, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Bert, I, I've pondered that verse, and I'm sure you have too. Is, is that a little bit of presumption there? It is. I, I believe it with all my heart. If we're not careful, we'll let blessings become more important than the blesser. And you've already alluded to that, Alex. And, and here, in my prosperity, who— it says God is the one that gives us the ability to get wealth. And, and you remember Nebuchadnezzar, God got on to him about his pride. Look what he has done. 
and for a year he didn't do it. You know, he he paid it off. They said, now, if you do that again, uh, you're going to go out as an animal and live in the pastures, and they're going to come and see you. And he put it off a year, but one day he came in, and he looked over, and he said, look what I've done. Look at that building I built, and look at that. In his prosperity, he took all all of the glory. God does not share his glory with anyone, Alex. And here, now in my prosperity, I said I shall never be moved. I want to just tell you, you got to fight against it. You've got a fight against the blessings and thinking, oh, I'm deserving of this. Oh, this is good. I, You know, Alex, uh, in me dwelleth no good thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can take good, Bert Harper, Alex Martin, Devin Peck, we can take good, and if we're not careful, we'll ruin it. We'll go the opposite way. So in our prosperity, in our blessings, uh, let I shall never be moved. Well, I want to just tell you, your heart can be moved and turn away. So, Alex, yeah. that's my idea. You may have a completely uh, different no, idea. No, I think you're right. Uh, and and we, we are to be grateful. We're to be appreciative. We're to be good stewards, but we're not to be presumptuous. And we don't, you know, and... Uh, John, John 15, 5, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And frankly, apart from Jesus, we, we really are nothing. Verse 7 says, Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. Okay, verse 7 is interesting. My mountain, you know, um, now, I don't think this is talking about a mountain in terms of a, an obstacle uh, or something like that, but in a way, um, the favor of God that made my mountain to stand strong, Bert, I believe it's talking about my habitation yeah. or my dwelling place or the hill I stand on. And, uh, you know, there's a lot we could say about this, but, uh, you know, God preserves us and, and where we are. You know, Bert, um, Alex, no... before you do, remember where you are. Notice the term you have. Here it is again. He's going back. Uh, you know, the first three verses you have, you have, you have. Verse yes. four and five, he brings others into it. And now he goes back to verse seven that you're just going to. You have made my mountain stand strong. You catch how that transition yeah. goes? What you've done for me, I want to share with others, but it comes back and it blesses me. Well, yeah, and even in the midst of that strong mountain and that life, the blessings, you know, like we, we've read about Psalm 16, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. You know, the boundary lines of your life and your situation, God knows about that. But here's the thing, thou didst hide thy face and I was troubled. I get the implication that looking up one day and you think, well, wait a minute, I've I'm not as close to the Lord as I used to be. See, here's the thing. It's not that God really hides away or withdraws from us, but we can withdraw from Him. And as we're uh, admiring this mountain that we've built for ourselves, let's not forget to look at the one who really did bless us with all the things we take for granted. I think God is showing him how weak he is. He's in his kingdom. God has given it to him. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, here, here it is. Uh, God was reminded him, David, it's me that keeps you. I am the one that keeps you. Uh, you may have a strong army. You may have that. You may have a, a good home, house, but it's me that keeps you. We've got to keep that in mind, Alex. 
It's God. Yes, we do. He do. And it goes on in verses 8. It says, I cried out. Here it is personal. I cried out to you, O Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? There it is again. Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. I, again, it's difficult to know exactly what personal experience David was experiencing here, Alex, but it is very personal. I cried well, out to yeah. you. It's very, and that means we can today, right? Yeah. Well, see, verse 9 is a cry for mercy. Uh, what profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Now, I don't know if this is when Saul was pursuing David or or what was going on, or, or even Absalom, maybe, you know, uh, the son trying to kill the father. But he, he's basically saying, uh, Lord, I need your help. Please don't hide your face from me, because, look, if, I, if I'm dead and buried, uh, I can't serve you if I'm dead and buried. Uh, or is the dirt going to praise you? Uh, shall it declare thy truth? Now, here's where it gets very desperate. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. And indeed, verse 10, God will. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Bert, 9 and 10 is a desperate cry for the help of God. And somehow between 10 and 11, God intervened. Because verse 11... uh, this uh, prayer meeting turns into a testimony time. It does, and, and it goes back and forth with him, the group, with him, the difficulty, reminding of the difficulties. Do you want to remember those difficulties? If God reminds you of them, it's for your benefit. It's for you. So you'll remember what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. And I, you can't help but notice the transition from verse 10 to verse 11. Lord, be my helper. And he doesn't say anything. We don't know exactly what happened, what made it, and what turned it around. But when it turned around, he said, here it is again. We have these two words again. You have in verse 11, and you have again in verse 11. It starts out with what God has done, and it ends with what God has done. That's the whole idea, what God has done. You've turned my morning into dancing. Oh, Alex, listen. Uh that phrase over there when he says uh, joy comes in the morning, uh, yes. you know, weeping has turned into joy. Uh, it uh, it goes back, if you would, to John, and and we can find this in John chapter six, uh, 16, verses 20 through 22, but listen to verse 20, and this is the New Testament version of that. Jesus said, most assuredly I said to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy. That's mm. what God specializes in. Uh, he, he didn't say, I'm going to do away with the sorrow. He says, I'm turning the sorrow into joy. Now, Alex, you remember that, that scripture that he talks about, and he makes it plain that we're to give God thanks in all things. The reason we can do that is knowing that God's not through with that event in our life, and he's going to bring out of that something that will benefit us and help us, and and it will be turned to joy. That's the whole idea, and I think that same term, uh, thought, is in verse 11, turning my mourning into dancing and the sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. That's what God can do in our lives, isn't it? 
He's that good. He's that wise. He's that powerful. Now, verse 12, a fascinating verse. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Well, that's certainly a wonderful vow and a, uh, a promise. God, I'm going to make you uh, glorified and extolled forever. But I want to hone in for just a minute to the end. In verse 12, it begins to the end. And we've talked about this a lot. And, and that means purpose or intent. Um, there's, a, there's a design here. There's, there's a reason for this. The purpose. Lord, I'm asking you to help me. Lord, I'm praising your name. Now, what, what is the, the you know, blueprint for all of this? To glorify God, to sing praise to thee, to not be silent, and to give thanks. Now, skeptics, Bert, have, they've often said to me, well, you know, why does God ask us to worship him? You know, what, what's, what's that all about? And we've said it many times that even God calling us to worship him is an act of love on his part. And you choosing to trust God and worship God, that's the wisest thing. The, listen, friend, the best favor you will ever do yourself is to worship God. Why? Because the most alive you'll ever be is the closer you are to Jesus. Amen. And that's the reason for all this. Verse 12, to the end, the teleos, the purpose, that I'm going to glorify him, sing praise, not be silent. He's my Lord and God. I'll give thanks to him forever. That is a full heart and a blessed life. Alex, again, going to the New Testament, Philippians 1.6, when I read Psalm 30, and I come to the end of it with verse 12, especially the last line, O Lord, I give thanks to you. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it under the day of Christ Jesus' return. That is the promise. Psalm 30 is proof of that. We're going to take your phone calls. That number, 888 They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. It's here, folks. American Family Association presents the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022. This year's theme is Here I Stand. I may be a little biased here, but I believe this conference is the preeminent family training conference in the nation. 
We are committed to seeing your entire family equipped to stand firm in the face of the raging spiritual battles we engage in our day. This year's speakers include people like Israel Wayne, Dr. Kathy Cook, Will and Mickey Addison, yours truly, and more. Go to marriagefamilylife.net to register now. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, Jesus said, One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. A new pastor in town boarded the city bus and dropped in his fare. As he took his seat, he discovered that he'd been given too much change. He was tempted to keep it. It's only a quarter, he thought. But at his stop, he handed the driver his quarter and smiled. You gave me too much change. Hey, thanks, said the driver. Then he said, by the way, aren't you the new pastor? How we handle our money and possessions reveals our hearts and proves our trustworthiness with God's provisions. Not only is God watching, but others are as well. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. There is Psalm 30, we've been going through here on Exploring the Word. Read that over again before you go to sleep tonight. I think it'll lift your heart and give you some insights and encouragement. Well, the number is 888-589-8840. Bert, before we go to the calls, though, of course, um, the State of the Union address, the, uh, the speech last night, Ukraine, I mean, there's a lot to pray about. There's a lot to uh, take before the Lord, and, and we need to pray for those, those people over in the Ukraine and for our own nation as well. We do, and Alex, I appreciate you giving us time to do that. We just feel led to do that, especially this week. We try to pray from every time, but we have, but this is special. So join us in prayer. Father, I thank you that we can call upon you. And, Father, I thank you uh, that you are, are not caught off guard. And, Father, that you are there with those. As we've studied Psalm 30 today, and, and David in the grave, in the pit, uh, the anger and the difficulties, Father, he faced those. He faced a son that was rebelling against him, and, and it was militarily. He faced the king that he was to replace, trying to kill him again militarily. And, Father, you delivered him. And we're praying, God, that you would be, especially with the people of Ukraine, especially the, the believers that are there. And I pray, God, that you would give them favor. And I pray for the, the Russian people as two or three times people have called in this week and talking about the number of people of the Russian population that are saying this is not right. And so, Father, I pray that you would help them, be with them. And, and Father, I pray that you would strengthen uh, the, the will of the Ukrainian people to stand for freedom and I, I, for liberty. And, God, we just pray that you would uh, intervene in a way 
that you would get glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Alex, you ready to go to the phone lines? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We go to Kansas. And uh, Pam, welcome. Well, hi. Thank you. Praise God for your broadcast and for you and everybody involved. Well, thank you. Yes. I appreciate you saying everybody involved because... Uh, there are a lot of people involved besides the two people behind the microphone. So, Pam, thank you for that. Sure, sure. I am seeking wise counsel. No pressure. Um, I've been trying to study and find an explanation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit versus the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get that wrong. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, but I also don't want to offend. So if you have an explanation there, I would appreciate that. Okay. State that, state that one more time. I want to make sure I got your words exactly right, Pam. Yes. I'm, I'm noticing a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit into Jesus Christ and a baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Is there a difference? Okay. Alex, uh, Pam's brought up something there, so I'm not sure I've ever thought of that in any way. Uh, I may be expressing it differently. The baptism of the Holy Spirit happens at the point of salvation when the Holy Spirit of God comes into our lives and uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he makes his uh, abode in us. It's, it's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He chooses to come and indwell us in his presence at that moment of salvation, doesn't he? He really does. And let me say, this is one of those areas, uh, the, the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Um, a lot of very dedicated, godly Christian people have come up with several different ideas. You know, Bill Bright of Campus Crusade was my evangelism professor at Liberty University. It was a great, great privilege to study evangelism under Bill Bright. But he talked about uh, when we get saved, there's there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because uh, I think about like 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Uh, we were all made to drink of one spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And then, you know, uh, Ephesians 4, 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, Bill Bright would say this. He said there's there's one indwelling of the Holy Spirit when you get saved, but he said there are repeated fillings of the Holy Spirit or empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe, like Bert just said, that when you get saved, when you turn to Jesus Christ and you're, you're born again, um, the Holy Spirit of God forever comes to indwell you. And really, as I understand 1 Corinthians 12, Bert, um, we're baptized into the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I think that um, as you read the New Testament, clearly we, we can walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5. We can hinder the Spirit. Romans 6, 1 through 4 talks about, you know, the sin that can obstruct the Holy Spirit. Now, here's where it gets different. A lot of, if you read like Billy Graham's book on the Holy Spirit, which is a great book, he talks about this. Some people say, well, no, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit at salvation but you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit till later on down the road. And, Bert, I, I, I'm not sure I can agree with that, because I believe at the moment of salvation, 
If I read 1 Corinthians 12, you're baptized into the Holy Spirit. So the question is not, is the Spirit of God in the believer infused with the Spirit of God? The question is, to what degree are we going to let the Holy Spirit fully work in our life and be operative in our life? It is so true. I remember reading about D.L. Moody, and he was coming to this town, and they had a prayer meeting, and these two ladies came to him, and they said, may every area of Mr. They always called him Mr. Moody, not Brother Moody or Dr. Moody, Mr. Moody's life uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, D.L. Moody came away saying, I, I'm not sure, but what he did, he said, when God came in, he came in as Lord, but I had to open each door of my life when he, uh, I, I didn't know that I had this area of my life. I did not know, but when he came in, I was to open that area of my life to him that he would have control, and that he does. He comes in, let him have every room of your life. Don't have a room hidden off that you say, God, you can have every bit of my life except no, give him all. Pam, we hope that helps. Let's go. Let's stay in Kansas and talk to Larry. Larry, welcome. Well, thank you. Let me... You know, I just wanted to tell uh, you, Bert and Alex, that uh, I just completely enjoy your show. I listen to you uh, every chance that I get, and I come away just just blessed. Uh, thank you for your, your diligence and for your prayer for this nationwide prayer meeting. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, we haven't had rain in uh, quite, a, quite a long, long time. And it just come to me today, I said, you know, I haven't seen a rainbow. And, you know, God made that promise back in Genesis about putting his bow in the sky. And I wonder if uh, if our, uh, the evilness in our country and in this world has just not gotten to the point where we're not seeing his promise anymore. Oh, wow. Well, Larry, I, we're going to pray for rain today uh, there in, in Kansas. I know you need that. Uh, Alex, uh, there we're talking about uh, the middle part of America, the part that uh, is is so. Uh, I mean, helping America survive with food and uh, it's a they basket the, of country. It is. It? They need the rain, and uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, droughts do come, and when Elijah had that drought, he saw that. That little cloud in the eye, uh, it wasn't a rainbow he saw. It was a little bitty cloud uh, that he saw. And he said, the rain is coming. So I'm going to be, we're going to pray that that rain, that cloud would appear in Kansas, aren't we, Alex? Let's do it. May I pray? You do. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we can gather around. And Lord, we do pray for rain in the Midwest, in Kansas. Uh, Lord, you've blessed us so much that... Uh, Oftentimes, America's agricultural uh, families and our farmland is called the breadbasket of the world. Uh, and Lord, so we, we acknowledge you've allowed us to feed ourselves and a lot of other people too. But God, would you in your providence cause rain to fall, cause the crops to grow. And Lord, all over this nation, agriculture is such a part. Lord, I, I want to pray for the Ukraine too, because um, they say that the agricultural industry of the Ukraine has fed 600 million people a year. They, too, 
uh, have been blessed with great farming. And Lord, we just, again, pray for your help. We know you are our provider. So whether it's precipitation from the sky or the falling of your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, you are the source of our life. I pray a blessing on this caller and the needs of the people in, in his area. And Lord, again, we thank you for how faithful you are. And may our eyes be fixed on you, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Larry. It is a nationwide prayer meeting. Thank you, brother. Let's go to Indiana and talk to Jeannie. Welcome, Jeannie. Hello. Yes. So nice to hear you guys, and thank you so much for your words of encouragement and everything. Um, a question, there's two, but I'll just ask the one. Um, my daughter and daughter-in-law, they've been studying the book Revelation, and um, some of the things that they brought to me is they don't believe um, that we will be raptured before or mid-trib. They believe that we will have to go through the tribulation, and also... The main thing is that if you die, your body stays in the ground and you lay at rest, but your spirit goes up in heaven. And I want to make sure I understand that there's a difference between spirit, soul, and body. Okay. That is the Trinity. And uh, what is it in Thessalonians that gives us those three, you know? First Thessalonians 5.24. Yeah. And, and what you have, the soul and spirit is one of those... It's, only the Word of God says it is able to divide those, Alex, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, yes, the it says when Jesus comes back to rapture his church that those who are dead in Christ will rise again. That sounds like the body. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Sounds like our, our souls being with him, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, actually, I want to thank you for a great question, because your your question could begat several shows. But you know what? Um, l- let me say, again, the timing of the rapture and how the church is caught up to be with the Lord and given that uh, glorified body. Uh, again, this is, you know, different, well-intentioned people, you know, disagree on that. But, you know, I will say this. The body, soul, and spirit, the teaching of 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24, and the Bible talks about our our spirit is that, that part of us that lasts forever, and our soul is really personality, emotions, will, intellect, and our body is our physical body. Only the biblical worldview really teaches this, and, and I think only the biblical truth has an accurate assessment of what a human is, body, soul, and spirit. And Bert, the beautiful thing, regardless of the timing of it, uh, all three get redeemed and transformed and glorified. Our body, we're going to get a brand new body, but we'll still be ourselves. You'll still be you. But Bert, aren't you glad he not only redeem, he regenerates our spirit, but he's going to completely transform our soul and put us in a glorified body. Now, the exact when of every one of these, I'm not completely sure, although I have some ideas, but I just know that one day it's going to be a brand new me. Praise Amen. Jesus. <laughs> and and if we go through the great tribulation, if the church does, we still have his promise, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And yeah. uh, we don't want to miss the tribulation just because it's rough. We want to as best we can, no scripture enough. And there's some that believe that we will go through 
I, I believe we'll be raptured from it. But either way, we still have the promise of God, don't we? That His promise is secure no matter when. I come in, you're exactly. saved by grace through faith. Hey, we got one more. We're going to take it real Let's quick. Let's do it. Okay, Sandra, we don't have a lot of time. Go right ahead. Okay, I was just calling because the lady at work we were talking, and she was saying her aunt had died like uh, 40 days ago, and they did a celebration because she said the spirit leaves the body in 40 days. And I was wondering, was there anything in the Bible about that? I 40 days is a special number. I know that, Alex, but I, I don't know of that one. Uh, do you think it might be concerning uh, about Jesus' resurrection and they're just letting that be a part of thinking that's the way we do, go back to the Father or something? Um, do you know this is uh, kind of a, a legend, an old biblical—I mean, it's not biblical, but it's sort of a, a thing that people talk about. Uh, but l- let me just say this, folks. There's no basis in Scripture in this. Um, you read Luke 16. And instantaneously, when we leave this world, uh, our soul, or spirit, really, to be more precise, goes to where it's going to go. So this is kind of a, an ancient pagan idea. And, you know, we th- talk about Jesus being tempted 40 days in the wilderness. Actually, this go- goes to ancient Egyptian mythology that they felt like it took 40 days to cross the river Styx to get to the underworld. Um, so this, there's, it's a word syncretism. Sometimes people take beliefs and they borrow and they mix it with Christianity, but no, there's nothing biblical about 40 days, uh, quite the opposite. We close our eyes in death and we are in eternity. That's why it's so urgent, Bert, to know the Lord and be prepared. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for your call. Let me remind you, we can hear you. We would love to hear your listener testimony. Uh, you can call 877 876 8893. We're getting ready for Sherathon in April, and we'd love to have testimonies called in about what AFR has, how God has blessed you through this ministry. Again, call that number 877 876 8893. Alex, Psalm 30. I agree with you. Read it tonight. Before you go to bed, I think it'll bless you, don't you? Absolutely. Folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word and to the American Family Radio Network. Please tell somebody about Exploring the Word. Most of all, though, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.